Well, I want to talk to you today in today's part four of the series that we've been doing about, uh, about being hungry for Jesus, being hungry for Jesus. And, um, um, you know, we, we've been talking about the importance of developing a hunger and a thirst for the presence of Jesus. And we, our, basic, our text has been that where, where, where Jesus is in the desert, not necessarily trying to have a meeting, but people so wanted to be around Jesus. There was something so powerful, so magnetic, so satisfying, so overwhelming, so different about Jesus that whatever they heard Jesus was, they would move to where Jesus was. And they had, they had a desire to be with Jesus. And right in the middle of that desert, in the heat and the scorch of that place, right towards the end of the day, the disciples came to Jesus and said, well, this is a desert place. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. And Jesus said to them, they don't need to go away. And Jesus proclaimed himself as an all-sufficient God, able to touch every dimension of our lives, able to, to attend to every need we may have, be it a spiritual, be it uh, uh, emotional, be it uh, physical, be it uh, um, practical, material, whatever. He said, they don't need to go away. And so we've been kind of camped around with all those people around in the desert with Jesus, looking at all those, those things and... Uh, and, and one of the things that we see about Jesus is that when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were vulnerable. They were alone. They were despondent. They were looking for direction. They were, they were on their own, and Jesus was moved with compassion for them. Now, last week, we, we talked about how do we get Jesus to move in our own lives like that because we're not there. We are here. And we know that the Jesus that was there with them is the Jesus that is here also with us. But how do you get Jesus to move like that in our own lives? And you know, it's not rocket science. We, we looked at three very, very easy, very simple ways that Jesus is going to do all of that and more for us. You know, we saw that number one, you need, you need to desire. Everyone say desire. desire. Secondly, you need to believe. Everyone say believe. And thirdly, you need to turn up. <laughs> the people that turned up in the desert, they were the ones that got the blessing. Not the ones who stayed at home, but the ones that turned up very, very, very easy. And I really felt the Lord speak to me very clearly about this whole area of desiring Jesus and desiring Him. So we're going to, again, revisit that first point. We need to desire. We need to desire. And since this is Easter... I thought we would uh, would be good to go to a text right here in uh, in uh, Luke chapter 22 that um, just it's the text of the Last Supper and Jesus is about to eat the Last Supper with his disciples. Chapter 22, verse 14. When the hour had come, he sat down, and the twelve apostles with him. Then he said to them, with with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. It is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. 
Now, I want you to look at verse 15 that says, Now, with, he said to them, With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. And in the, last of, in the, in the story of the Last Supper, Jesus stands with his, with his disciples with an open heart towards them. And it is plain to see the depth of his, of his affections. It is plain to see in that place of intimacy with Jesus and the disciples that the heart of Jesus is one of, of passion and one of compassion. And there's such intensity in his heart. And he says, with, with fervent desire, it is plain to see everyone sitting at that table, wherever they were, maybe on the floor, that Jesus had an ingredient in his life that we've been talking about and that we ourselves also need to nurture in our own lives. It's the power of desire. The power of desire. You see, desire was what led Jesus to that point, and desire was what was going to take Jesus all the way to the cross. He said these words, With fervent desire, I have desired. With fervent desire, that's the word in Greek, epithemia, that appears 75 times in the New Testament. Epithemia, which means, which means, uh, which means a desire that is boiling hot. <laughs> a, a desire that is boiling hot. That it, that's why he said, with fervent desire. It means yearning. And it means appetite. It's very interesting that it means appetite. He said, with, with fervent desire, with boiling desire, with, with tremendous appetite, with a hunger within me, I have, with desire, I have desire. And the word desired in the Greek is the word epithemio, which means to set one's heart upon, to covet, and to long for. Well, we can see the intensity of, of the heart of Jesus, that Jesus was moved by desire. Desire is so powerful. And so Jesus, in everything, he left an example for us. So when we talk about desiring God, being hungry for God, well, that's something that Jesus himself modeled for us. He was the most passionate person that has ever existed. He didn't go to the cross like, well, do I have to do this? No, he went to the cross because of his passion, because of his love for each and every one of us. And you know what? He didn't say, I dreaded. He said, I desired. I desired. We desire. Wow, that's, that's a lot of desiring. And he modeled it for us. You know, desire is such a, it's a really big deal. Desire is one of the strongest emotions of the human heart. You know, the word desire stresses the intensity of feelings, the, the strength of feelings. It, it, it's one of life's most powerful driving forces. Dri you know, desire will drive you. It's such a powerful, and there's 208 times that desire is, is mentioned in the Bible. And there are 27 words, in the, from the, 27 words in the Hebrew language that mean desire. In, in English, we're a bit limited, desire. But in, in the Hebrew language, there's at least 27 different words that describe the, this intense feeling uh, that we call desire. So desire is, is a topic that is not often preached about, but desire is such an important ingredient 
in our relationship with God. You know, the presence or absence of desire is an indicator of the quality of our relationship with God. Of where we are at spiritually. As you know, this message is to help each one of us. It's not to condemn, it's not to say, well, you know, uh, it's, it's just to encourage each one of us to go further, to go deeper. It, it, should this confront our own lack of desire, then the purpose of this message is to get you to that place where you go like, well, God, this is not good enough. I want to be on fire for you. I want to be passionate for you. I want to desire you in such a way that desire, this desire will, uh, nothing else in my life will match this kind of desire. I want to desire you like that. So it is a sure indicator, the absence or the presence of desire or in the dashboard of our spiritual lives uh, of where we're at spiritually if we have no desire to be in the presence of God. If we, have, if we go days and days, we have no desire to pray. If, we, if we're just, you know, if we find ourselves with no desire to read His Word, no desire to, to worship, then that's a, that's a sure indicator. It's a red light in the dashboard of your life that, something is uh, not right, something is not right, and you better attend to that red light. I have a good friend of mine, Chris, in New Zealand, and Chris, I, I introduced him to coffee, <laughs> and Chris bought a coffee machine, and uh, he, the coffee machine blew up in his face. You know? He <laughs> wasn't hurt or anything. And I said, what was wrong? He said, no, there was this red light. There was this red light, and it just kept popping up, and I just... And, 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 well, it turns out that red light was an indicator. There was no water in the tank. And therefore, the thing just kept warming up, and it just almost blew up. Well, it did blow up, actually. It blew up. Boom. So, you know, sometimes red lights, we need, to, we need to look at indicators. We cannot be, you know, it would be dumb, you know, to be like this ostrich and just kind of hide our head and send on a, for sure. I mean, how many of you have driven a car and there's a light there and you just ignore it? No, 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 I don't want, I don't, no, I don't know what that light means. I, <laughs> I remember even once going to a mechanic, he said, no, I don't know what that light is, but don't worry, just ignore it. It's probably nothing. And I had to go to another mechanic there. And that's the, the guy said, no, that light is there for a reason. He got the computer and, okay, you know, there was something missing. And if there's, a red, if there's a light there, it's there for a reason. If there's something indicates in your dashboard, you know, you know if, if, if today the Holy Spirit talks to you about some area in your life, just don't ignore it. Just go, okay, Lord, I want to address this in my life, okay? So in the, dashboard of, the dashboard of our spiritual life should show at least four things. That at least four things should, should show. Number one, a desire for God. A desire for God. And Psalm 27 verse 4 says, One thing I have desired of the Lord, and that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Wow, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. Wow. Well, not just one thing I've asked of God that I may be able to go to church once a Sunday or something. No, this psalmist is saying that I may just dwell there. I don't want to be a visitor in the presence of God. I want to be a dweller of the presence of God. Amen. One thing I have asked, one thing I have desired, there's a desire for the presence of God. Isaiah 26 verse 8 says, Yes, in the way of your judgments, O Lord, we have, we have waited for you. The desire of our soul is for your name. 
and for the remembrance of you. With my soul I have desired you. In the night, yes, my spirit within me, uh, I, will, I will seek you early. You know, a, a desire for the presence of God. You know, I, you know what, church I went to the very first time that I gave my life to the Lord, I, I remember, I don't remember a lot of the messages of my pastor, but I remember that he was a passionate man. And I remember his desire, his desire for God. His desire for God. And he would preach and he would cry his eyes out. Not because he was depressed, because he, he hungered and he had a thirst and a desire for God. I'm like, whoa. I, don't, I was brand new in that whole thing, but I'm like, whoa. Man, you know, that's very powerful. That, that man really knows God in a dimension that I don't. I want to know God like that. I want to desire God like that. Hallelujah. And I've always felt attracted to people who had a desire and a passion. You know, I've, always, I've always avoided people. I remember there was one guy, he was one of the sons of one of the pastors in the church that we used to always sit in church. And he, used to, he had this fire brigade ministry. Every time I got on fire, he would just those out the fire. It's a ministry we don't need in the church. And I started avoiding him like the plague. I'm like, no, I don't want to sit next to that guy. Because <laughs> we would be in worship and really getting into God, and he would be like, Look, look at that guy over there. I mean, does that look dumb or what? I mean, who raises his hand like that? I'm like, who cares? I, I mean, just get out of my way, you know? I just, hey, man, I, I always, I always want, wanted and want to be around people who have a passion and a, and a desire for God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. First time I ever saw Reinhard Bonke, I didn't even know exactly who Reinhard Bonke was. It was very early in our ministry. But I heard him speak in a pastor's meeting. And all these pastors having cups of coffee. And the, the man is on the, on the corner having come. I'm like, I want to be with him. <laughs> because of his passion and his desire. In those days, he had this, he had had a vision. He said, Africa shall be saved. And he had a dream that... Uh, the whole of Africa wanted, you know, and, and, and in reality, it's, it, it became a reality. I'll never forget, you know, coming to him and I'm like, Brother Bonk, I want you, what do you have? Pray for me. He looked at me and said with his German accent and his, you know, deep blue eyes, he looked at me, grabbed me my, my shoulder, my, my arm and said, young man, it takes more than I'm, a prayer to get what I have, but I'll pray for you. And he, and he started praying for me and spitting on me. And, uh, and, and I mean, I don't even know what he prayed. I, don't, I have no idea. I just remember him praying with such intensity and such fire and such desire. I'm like, uh, and, and afterwards, people, you know, say, well, did you feel anything? Yes, I felt intense pain. Intense pain, intense pain. I mean, I don't know what he was on about, but I, uh, I need prayer now for healing in my arm. Intense pain. And, and little did I know, just a few years later, I was going to be, you know, on a platform with him in Africa, and, and, and so, much, so many times our paths crossed, and the last time we saw him, not long before he went to be with the Lord, and, and we were having lunch with him, and, and I felt so privileged, so blessed to be having lunch with that man, and he's again, he's like, oh, Africa shall be saved, hallelujah, and he's going on about, you know, he's singing and spitting on my food, I'm like, oh, God, you know, Jesus, you know. And shuk, hallelujah. Until his wife, she was a very quiet, soft-spoken German lady. She said, Reinhard, Reinhard, 
You don't, you don't have to preach now. We're just having lunch, okay? <laughs> oh, but I don't mind. I don't mind being around people like that, amen? <laughs> people that when you leave, yes, you're all sped on. You leave with a, but you, you're, hallelujah, you're on fire. You desire, hallelujah, oh, hallelujah, a desire for God. Secondly, a desire for his word. First Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes, desire pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. One of the earliest things that happened to me when I gave my life to the Lord was just a hunger and a thirst and a desire for the word as newborn babes. Desire. I mean, come on, Pastor Aileen. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know what I'm talking about. There's a newborn babe right there. Amen. Does she desire or what? Yeah, more milk. More, mom. Come on. How many times did she wake up you last night? Every three hours. Every three hours. My goodness. Can you imagine ever having a hunger for the word of God like that? Every three hours, I'm like, I'm going to open my Bible right now, you know. I remember when I was in university studying to be a liar. I mean, a lawyer. And a lawyer. And uh, sorry. Uh, sorry to all the lawyers out there. Apologies to, to my own daughter, uh, a lawyer. But you know, I mean, the guys would be talking about all of these nonsense, I mean, all these incredible things. And, and I, would, I would see this amphitheater, I would sit right at the back because I didn't want anyone to see what, and I would see, I was the last one. I would just pull out my Bible. I'm like, whoa, amazing. No wonder I became this, you know, a preacher. <laughs> but a desire for the word of God. And, and, and there's a scripture. Sorry, guys, I didn't give you this one, but it's good anyway. It's in the Bible. Jeremiah 15, 16. Your words were found, and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord of hosts. Your words were found, and I ate them. I ate them. He didn't chew his Bible, but, but the word of God. It's food. It's nourishment to your system as newborn babes. It is normal for... If you're, if you're a Christian, to desire God, to desire the Word of God. Number three, to desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit and, and to get more of His gifts in our lives. It is normal. 1 Corinthians 12, 31, but earnestly desire the best gifts. Talk about the spiritual gifts. And, I, and yet I will show you a more excellent way. It's like, wow, the, being filled with the Holy Spirit opens the way to even greater and more excellent things. You know, it is normal to want more of the Holy Spirit, more of His gifts. First Corinthians 14, 1, desire spiritual gifts. Verse 39, desire earnestly to prophesy. You know, there's so much more, you know. In some Christian denominations, like, oh, this tongue-talking thing, no, I don't want that. No, miracles, that's fine. I don't want that as well. I'm okay with just, you know, I mean, it's it's it's... It's normal to desire the Holy Spirit. It's abnormal to say, well, I don't want the Holy Spirit. I, I, I don't want that experience. I, I, why wouldn't you? Desire more. Earnestly desire. Like desire with intensity, with passion. Like make it a priority in your life. I want more of the Holy Spirit in my life. Number four. A desire to be around other believers. 
So I'm talking about, in the dashboard about spiritual lives, there should be at least four things. You know, number one, a desire for God. Secondly, a desire for the Word. Number three, a desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit and moving the gifts. And number four, a desire to be around other believers. 1 Thessalonians 2.17, For we, brethren, having been taken away from you for a short time, uh, in, your, in, in presence, not in heart, endeavored more eagerly to see your face with great desire. Oh, I remember during COVID, there was, there was me. I'm like, I want to see real people. I long to see all of you with great desire. I desire to see you. I, when we all came back, we were all two years older. Some gray head, some had forgotten to kind of take care of that, some had just given up, some, anyway, some, some a few more kilos, oh, it's COVID, COVID, uh, some, you know, I don't know, I don't know, all of that, but I don't care, I was just happy to see you, amen, hallelujah, I was just happy to see each and every one of you, why, because it's normal to want to be around other people. Hey, man, it's normal. It's, 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 you know, alarm bells. Go when people, Christians don't want to be around other Christians. Because we belong together. Because this is so much better when we come together. <laughs> because it's all about community. We are a family. Even the Trinity is a community. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. They talked among themselves, let us make men in our likeness, in our image. Wow. You know, they like to hang out together. And, and, and so should we. We belong together. We belong together. Amen. You know, so, so, so here's, here's four clear indicators. And the Bible says, hey, do your own rapid test about this. You know, let me, there's a scripture for that, 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Examine yourselves as to whether you... Uh, are in the faith and test yourselves. Elbow your person next to you and say, test yourself. Test yourselves. Because these are indicators, four clear indicators. This is an easy rapid test to determine the quality of your relationship with God. And right now, I mean, just think about it. Just think about it. Is, is it look at the dashboard of your own life. And, and maybe if, if the Holy Spirit is kind of prompting you and say, hey, you know, you haven't done too well in this area or that area. I, I don't, don't resist. The Holy Spirit is your friend. He just, wants to, he just wants you to excel and do well. And there's a better way of doing spiritual, your, your life with God. Now, desire is such a really big deal for Jesus. How do we know that? Because he faced the Last Supper and he faced, faced the cross with desire. With desire. Why? Because Jesus... Jesus was not some, like, the Stoic philosophers, you know. The, there, there are some religions that do, I mean, Buddhism says desire is bad. If you, I studied Greek philosophy, desire is bad. Should have a long face, never smile. Well, okay, well, be depressed all you want. I mean, I'm not taking any of that. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Thank God he made us with emotions. Amen. And in actual fact, I mean, most of us were passionate sinners, weren't we? Okay, those three honest people in this church, I believe. 
Have you ever seen a, a sinner not being passionate about their sin? Some guy in the pub it's like, no, I really wanted milk, but okay, all right, all right, I'll, I'll, have, I'll have vodka, you know, just, no, every one of us sinned with passion. Someone's about to commit adultery, oh, I really don't want to do this. Have you ever seen anyone about, you know, I mean, come on. I mean, we were passionate sinners. We loved sin. Don't look at me like, oh, no, not me. <laughs> we enjoyed sin. No, no, don't look at me again like, I can't believe Pastor Lewis is saying that. Well, as someone said, you know, maybe you weren't doing it right. Because it was, <laughs> there's some kind of an enjoyment in sin. But there's a way that seems right to men, but the end of it is, is death. You can have that kind of joy all the, all, all the way to death and separation, eternal separation from God. Can be happy-go-lucky and still end up in the wrong side of eternity. But one thing is for sure, we were passionate sinners. How about we, are, we become passionate Christians, hallelujah, on fire for God, hallelujah, amen. Oh. I've never seen anyone go to the pub and go like, what time does this pub thing end? <laughs> um, excuse me, uh, publican, uh, uh, barman, what, what time does this? No. It's just happy hour and, uh, <laughs> and they want you there and, you know, and that's it. There's no exit sign. <laughs> because after you've been there a while, you wouldn't be able to find it anyway. <laughs> so these eyes are a really big deal for Jesus. There's a woman. She so wanted her daughter to be healed. She came to Jesus and said, Jesus, you come. You, you know, she's demon-possessed. Jesus, Jesus like, you know, it's, and she's having an argument with this lady and... And, and eventually Jesus says, Matthew 15, 28, Jesus answered and said to her, Oh woman, great is your faith. Let it be as you desire. As you desire. And the, the girl was healed from that very hour. Do we pray with desire? Do we desire things like that? Like we come to Jesus, we mean business. We're like, Jesus, I'm not living until you bless me. I'm, I'm serious about this stuff. Amen. She's like, Whoa. Be it unto you as you desire. Do you realize that it really is unto you as you desire or not desire? John 15, 7. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. But you know, but there has to be desire. Desire. But the, wrong, the right kind of desire, okay? Don't come to Jesus asking for the numbers of the lottery. <laughs> Just don't, Okay. <laughs> Okay, that's it, you know. So I always say to people, you know, just, just respond. You know, amen, oh me, oh, you know, anyway, you know, just, amen. Praise God, amen. Now in the book of Revelation, Jesus' strongest words were for a church that was neither cold nor hot. The Laodicean church, they had lost all sense of desire. They had become indifferent, numb, flatlined. They had become static and stale. And God no longer had, was their utmost desire and pleasure. They had an emotional deficit towards God. 
you know, they, they could have examined themselves. Because that's what the Bible says, examine yourselves. Because when we examine ourselves, we're not condemned with the world. They could have avoided Jesus giving them a really good hiding. In, in this, if they had examined themselves, if they had checked, well, is it, how's my relationship with God? Have I been in a better place? Do, do I still have a desire for His Word? Do I have a desire to be in His presence? Do I want to be around other people that believe? That, uh, and, and they could have examined, they could have taken the test themselves. Um, to another church, the church of Ephesus, Jesus talked to them about their lack of love. They said, you've lost, you've left your first love. Love, is that a requirement of being a Christian? Listen, that's a big difference between being a Christian and Christianity and other religions. Because ours is deeply rooted in one word, love. Because God is love. And this is not a contractual thing we do with God. This is, this is a loving relationship with Him. It's a loving relationship. I remember when I preached in Africa and I talked to animists. And I remember if I talked to them about the love of God, that's a real novelty to them. Because the evil spirits they serve, they don't necessarily love them. It may be their religion, but they don't love them. In fact, they do everything to appease the evil spirits. But I've never heard one of them say that this evil spirit loves them. I've been, you know, I've seen other religions, you know, all the, how many go, I mean, you've been to certain restaurants where you, you, you go in and you see these gods, they're like, <laughs> so I'm being a bit insensitive, but, I mean, you're eating and you, you look at that guy up there, well, who is this guy, he's the god of war, and you have him in a restaurant, yeah. You know, the thing about our God is our God is a loving God. Amen. He loves us with an everlasting love. Amen. We don't do things to appease His anger. We know He has he's loved us with an everlasting love, and we just respond to His love. But is it, is it, but, but it is, Jesus said, they came to Jesus like, I, I told the story I think last week. I, I was in, a, I, I arrived in, at the airport. I'm about to come in. And they saw in my arrival card, job, pastor. They looked at the guy, looked at me and said, oh, you're a pastor. Yes, I'm a pastor. What, you're a church, a Christian, Christian church. Oh, really? So what are the Ten Commandments? <laughs> now, I was completely jet-lagged, you know. I'm like, mm -mm, God, ten? Oh, do I have to remember all the ten? I'm like, oh. Then I remembered, yes. I said, you know what? The Bible says that Every commandment and the law, that everything stands on this one commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your mind, all your, all your, all your heart, and all, all your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. I remembered one, and I said, this one summarizes everything. Of course, the guy was a theologian. He was an a, a immigration guy, so he looked at me and said, ah, ah. He said, yeah, yeah, that's what I, okay, he led me through. <laughs> but you know, everything is summarized. If we could summarize this whole thing, it's just to love the Lord our God with all our mind, all our heart, with everything that's in us, to have a desire for Him, a desire for His presence. This is not a contractual love. This is not a prearranged marriage. This is, you fall in love with Jesus, you stay in love with Him, amen, and you love Him with all your heart and all your mind. And, and again, if you, if today, maybe you look at your own self and you think, well, maybe and I've known people that have come from some religions and everything, and they, they think of our God in the same way that they think of those kinds of gods. Listen, it's not the same. Your God is to be loved. 
is to be loved because he loves you so much. Love took Jesus to the cross. That's why we call this week Passion Week. Because it's the passion of God for us. The cross is an illustrated sermon of the depth of the love of Jesus for each and every one of us. Amen. 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 Can you give Jesus a hand this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Jesus said these words. Jesus said in John 14, 21. Sorry, guys, I didn't give you this scripture, but it's also another good one. It's in the Bible. But Jesus said, He who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will come and I will love him and I will manifest myself to him. How many of you want to see more of the manifestation of Jesus? You know how Jesus will manifest? Among people that love him. He who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will manifest myself to him. Hallelujah. How we need the greater manifestation of Jesus. Amen. Jesus to manifest himself more and more and more that our generation would see the real Jesus not the Jesus that religion is painted but the real Jesus of the Bible that our politicians in our nation would know Jesus that Australia would come to leave the purpose that God has for this nation. When Captain Fernandez Queiroz came and found the northern part of this country and he declared that this would be the great south land of the Holy Spirit. I pray that Jesus will manifest himself in this country. I want you to know it doesn't matter what, what's going on around us. I still believe for a, an end time manifestation, an end time revival in this nation that many will still turn to Jesus. Amen. That people that sit in Canberra will pass laws that are that aligned and inspired by the Holy Spirit. Come on. Come on. I desire that. Do you desire that? Oh, that man would know Jesus as he really is. Because I didn't know Jesus before the age of 18. I had no idea who he was. I, I had heard about him, but I had never experienced him in my life. But I'll never forget that Friday night that someone dragged me to church, my parents. <laughs> and I gave my life to him. I had no idea what was about to happen in my life. I had no idea about the consequences of that decision that day. I had no idea of what I was about to experience, of the joy that was going to flood my soul, <laughs> the peace that was going to stay with me when I, in the night hours of my day, the hope that was going to infuse my whole being every day of my life, and that has never left me. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I sense His presence in this place today. And I want you to know something. You can know Him like that and more. 
I'm also on a journey. I've only know, I know, I know a lot, but I don't know enough. I want more. <laughs> there is so much more. I desire him. And I desire his presence. Nothing satisfies like his presence. Shall we stand up today? I don't want to ramble on forever, but I want you to know that I have the deepest affection, the greatest of loves for my Jesus. I love him so much. And I pray today in the name of Jesus for an impartation upon everyone that's watching right now online or all of you here, an impartation of passion. It was so wonderful to have had a pastor like my pastor who was so passionate. I, I, some things are, it's hard to teach. Some things are easier to be just caught. And I think I caught that from him and people that have influenced me in my life. But above all, it's the work of the Holy Spirit in my own life, my own walk with him. Praise God.